now I always have to hit got it when it says recording in progress. Got it. Thank um, you. Thank you. We should change her to a British lady. Well, she's kind of British, actually. Is she British? I don't I don't know. She just sounds really bitchy. Recording in progress. Yeah, she does sound. She kind of sounds like like a bitchy grandma. Yeah, she does. She does do that. And that would track for her behavior. And it would, because we hate her, low-key. Mm-hmm. Freaking Zoom. Evil. Zoom money. Um, but yeah. I'm Liza. I'm Liz. And this is the Little Sleep. Much reading podcast. Finally, from so little sleeping and so much reading, his brain dried up and he went completely out of his mind. It's Britney, bitch. That's just how we should actually start every episode. Hello, oh, really? I got this. <clears throat> and that sounded just like my queen um it's britney it's a it's a celebrity memoir episode but just britney spears because we we accidentally both got too busy to finish our true crime books so we'll be back with those perhaps in january Mm mm-hmm um did you start yours at all yeah i got yeah, to like you... chapter four it's like it's it reminds me of the great gatsby in a weird way oh interesting but i'm like but this shit's real i know and you know what i was excited to talk about that too because my book i think i'm gonna finish it because the story is interesting like the actual crime is interesting but it's set up like a regular true crime book. And I'm like, low key, I wonder if Marissa's is having a fun time reading hers because that one is, it's like a novel, right? So it reads more like you're just reading a book. It just happens to be true. Yeah, that so is, that is, I am having a fun time with mine. It, it feels like, like it's like a guy who's just talking to you about like, like all these like eccentric rich people, which I'm like, that's literally the great Gatsby. Gatsby, he's like Nick, and he he's just telling you what's going on. That's cool. That's very fun. So yeah, we'll be back with that. Um, but a couple weeks ago, I read "The Woman in Me" by Britney Spears, and by read I mean I listened to it because Michelle Williams, um did the audiobook which is really cool and I think it's nice that they did that because Brittany did not want to read it because like a lot of the events were obviously really like traumatizing a lot of the events she wrote about and so she didn't want to have to like relive them again by telling the story um but honestly you kind of forgot that Michelle Williams wasn't Britney Spears like they kind of sound similar when Britney's using her real voice they sound similar um so I thought that was really cool 
And I'm really glad Brittany finally got to tell her story. Um, again, I didn't do a rating scale. I think Marissa and I have decided kind of that like memoirs shouldn't really have a rating scale because that's like someone's real life that happened. And it feels weird to like, especially write like plot and characterization um, in that way. Um, but I was saying this to everybody that I... I thought the book was actually really well written and you can tell that she wrote it herself, um, which I think is really important because a lot of times celebrities, first of all, and in general, a lot of times celebrities, I don't think write their own memoir. That's like a common, common fact. But also I think there's like a bit of like prejudice when it comes to people like Brittany or like Pamela Anderson, for example, when she wrote her memoir and they don't think that they're like, for some reason, because of their public persona, people don't think they're smart enough to write their own story. Um, but they obviously both did. Um, and they did it really well. So I was very proud of Brittany um, for that. Um, but yeah, Marissa and I are going to have like a deeper conversation about like, what, I guess what happened to Brittany kind of means in in our world and like especially for women in Hollywood and, and women in show business um but just to tell you guys a little bit about it it basically walks you through her entire career up until today and I guess I had to realize like she had pretty humble beginnings she grew up in the south um and she just was like kind of born to be a performer and she basically became one because she wanted to herself, which is obviously a different story than like people like Jeanette McCurdy, whose memoir I also read, who her mother basically forced her into show business. Whereas like Brittany always knew she wanted to be a star. Um, but I don't think, obviously, how could you possibly know? Like she didn't realize what, being a star of that caliber would entail I suppose um so you get to read about her growing up and specifically like her family life was really hard and I'll get into that again in a moment um with because like I think a lot of people already know that um but she was like closer with more distant members of her family rather than her parents um and they kind of like shaped the woman she became which is really cool um specifically like her great it was either her great aunt or her great grandmother um and so just like hearing about her backstory in that way was really interesting and then obviously like from her going on Mickey Mouse Club she was on Broadway too before Mickey Mouse Club which I never realized um and then she was in Mickey Mouse Club and then she became like the Britney we know um and that was really interesting to read about too because I think people forget how young she was when her single started to come out she was so sexualized and she was like 16 17 18 like that is absolutely insane and I think it's Brittany and I think she even mentions this that like somebody had a countdown to when she some other male celebrity like older male celebrity had a countdown to when she turned 18 like on the radio or something like that and that's just like, oh, like it really gives you like the heebie-jeebies. 
but like you have to remember like this whole time like she was just like a teenage girl a girl in her 20s like trying to live her best life um and it talks a little bit I guess Justin Timberlake makes his appearance pretty early on in the book um because they met through Mickey Mouse Club um but I this won't be a spoiler because everybody on the internet saw this part of it but one of the first like just like you're like things that breaks your heart that happened to her is she got pregnant and then got an abortion with Justin Timberlake's um baby and like the actual act of the abortion isn't like the thing that's like like she even said herself like she would do it again but the way that it was gone about was so traumatic and because they had to like keep it under wraps basically like they couldn't she couldn't even go to a hospital because they didn't want anybody to know and so she did it at home which like you can do now with abortion pills but like whenever this was early 2000s like that was not common and she was like hemorrhaging basically she had a complication and she just had to like go through it herself at home like they would not take her to the hospital um and the other thing which I bring up about Justin Timberlake is that everybody online was like this is insane that she was like crumpled up on the bathroom floor and he started playing the guitar and singing at her and everybody was like that is too much like that's literally in like Barbie when the Kens are like let me just play guitar at you for four hours like that story was insane um, and that's just one of the instances where you get to realize how much of a douchebag Justin Timberlake was. Um, so after that, like you get to see like a little bit more about like her and show business and her romance life. I never realized she dated Colin Farrell for a minute. Hello, Wendy. Hello, Wendy's climbing up on the bed. Hi, queen. Yes. Yeah um I didn't realize she did Colin Farrell Irish King so that's kind of a fun little fact I learned about her um and the other thing too is like she just talked a lot about how she like genuinely loved making music at a certain point and she had and she loved performing and just the sad thing about the way her career went and the way people treated her is like she doesn't really love it in that way anymore and that's why it kind of pisses me off when people like make fun of her for like singing and dancing on Instagram because she says in the book that's the kind of thing she still likes to do like she gets joy out of out of doing that and so I'm like can I, can everybody just leave Britney alone um but she also so all of that aside after the whole Justin Timberlake shenanigans she also talks about her relationship with Kevin Federline which I think is where everything went downhill. Um, that guy's a douchebag. She had two children by him. Um, and then he wanted to leave her, I think, and wanted to get a divorce. And that's where also the paparazzi are relentless. Like, can we just talk about that for a second? Like, what happened to Britney with the paparazzi is the reason the same reason why like Princess Diana is dead. Like, there should be laws about this sort of thing. I don't understand how there's not. Um, but it's during this, like, breakup with Kevin Federline period that the paparazzi would just not leave her alone. And that's where the image of her shaved head 
is from and also of her like trying to hit the paparazzi with the umbrella and it's because she had her kids with her like that's so dangerous and there's just like random men like screaming at you and taking pictures of you and trying to like get basically into your car and you have your kids with you like I would hit somebody with an umbrella too um but anyway it's it's that is I say everything kind of went downhill around then because it was around that time she was having a really difficult time mentally and rather than doing anything that would actually be helpful they took her children away from her and then her parents instated the conservatorship which we know just ended recently and it basically meant they had control over everything they didn't just have control over her money they had control over her image and they literally had control over her like body. Um, so they, they made her do like her Vegas residency, for example, um, which really like burnt her out and they were making her go on all these tours that she didn't want to do. Um, she was having to make music that she didn't want to make. And then she couldn't even like buy anything that she wanted she couldn't use her own money she had no access to her finances she couldn't drive herself anywhere um and eventually they like forced her into like a rehabilitation center which like clearly when she was having her mental break she should have she could have used like going into some sort of mental health care facility that could have like helped her um, but the way that her family went about it was so insane and she couldn't leave. Like she was basically held hostage because she was deemed unfit to make decisions about herself, which is so crazy to me. And like, I, Marissa, like, we'll probably talk about this later, but like, it just plays into that idea of like, that like old idea of like hysteria and that like women can't make decisions for themselves and she kind of talks about that and that she was also like experiencing postpartum um psychosis which is like a very it's common but it's also really like that shit will take a toll on you um so it's really no wonder that she kind of was at this low point and then the people who were supposed to care for her just did exactly the opposite um so you do get to hear about her time in the rehabilitation center and like the other women that she made friends with there. Um, and it goes through basically the whole process of trying to get out of her conservatorship, which I can't even just, I can't, the nightmare that was for her. Um, and also that meanwhile, her family was profiting off of her. So like her mom was going on TV talking about how crazy she was. And then more recently, her sister, Jamie Lynn, wrote a book about how, like about Britney being crazy I'm doing air quotes for people who are listening. And I'm like, Jamie Lynn is so evil. This book just solidified. I don't know if anybody remembers this. When Wendy Williams goes, shame on you, Mr. Spears. And you too, Mrs. Spears, death to all of them. Like genuinely death to all three of those bitches. Her brother was not involved in the shenanigans. So he's safe. But Jamie Lynn, Jamie the dad, and then whatever the fuck the mom's name is, death. Um, I hate them. But eventually, obviously, we know that Brittany saved herself and she got out of the conservatorship. And the sort of last little part of the book is just her talking about her trying to get her life back. 
And the main message is that she feels like she was like treated as a girl for so long. Like they took, first they made her an adult too early by making her a child star. And then when she was older, by taking her autonomy away, it's like they made her into a child again. So the message of the book and the reason why it's called The Woman in Me is because it's like, she's just now, after years of being controlled by other people and and just complete like destruction of her sense of self, she's finally getting to like discover the woman that she is. Um, and she has her kids back, which is great. And she has her new fiance, I think. Um, but I don't remember. I remember reading that maybe he was a problem recently too. Um, and like she talks about her like relationship with like Elton John and how like they came out with that song together like two summers ago now. Um, Elton John also just like slays. Like every time I hear a story about him, I'm like, like no wonder everybody loves Elton John. Um, so I think making that song with Elton John was really helpful for her because he obviously had a quite different situation, but the impacts of stardom took their toll on him too. And he spent a lot of time in a rehabilitation center as well. Um, and she also has a whole little section being like, I love gay people. Like my career is because of gay people. I love them. And I was like, shout out to Brittany. Like she knows who is reading this book and I love that for her. Um, and talking about how like the LGBT community has like always defended her and protected her, which I think was really, really sweet. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. That's, that's the woman in me. I think I gave it four stars on my book review app. I just really liked it a lot. And I, I, I like celebrity memoirs and not in the sense that it's like sensationalizing or glorifying like the bad things that happened to them. Like I genuinely think in cases like this, it was giving control back to Brittany, just like love Pam, um, the book and the documentary was giving her voice back to her after that like fictional TV show that she didn't even want to be made. Pam and Tommy got made. Um, like, I think celebrity memoirs sometimes, and, like, I'm glad my mom died as an example of this, too, can be, like, really great for the celebrities that write them. Um, so, yeah, that's my take on it. I remember when the Tom and Pam, Tom and Pam, whatever, came out. It was a guy who was like, you really have to watch this. Of course it was. Mm -hmm. And then I like, I watched probably like the first two or three episodes and I was like, okay. All right. All right, dude. Yeah, because I think it like over-sexualizes Pam and then it paints Tommy in like a better light than he actually was too, I think. Yeah, and I think it like tried to be like, I think it like tried to show Pam's struggles with a lot of things but it didn't like dig deep enough into it and it was like oh she was sad she didn't get to like say the big speech that she planned and I'm like okay you're like scratching the surface of like women 
are not valued in Hollywood, but like you're not like you're making it like it's like not a big deal. You know what I mean? Right. I feel like you very much underplayed a lot of Pam things. Yeah. Ugh, I don't like that. No. <clears throat> Anyways, Brittany. Brittany. I remember being like, wasn't it like 2005 when she like shaved her head? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember all of that. Like, I remember like going to the store and like seeing it on the paper, like the picture with her and her head shaved. I remember when she, the picture of like her kid riding on her lap in the car. Like, I just remember all that and being like, wow. It was on the cover of everything. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't understand. Like, I think a lot of it has to do with, like, this idea of celebrity. Like, people kind of thinking that celebrities owe them their personal lives as well. It's such a weird concept. And I wonder, like, when it started, honestly. Because, like, for women especially, I think it's, like, a real problem. Mm-hmm. And children, like, like Macaulay Culkin, for example. Right. And I, I wonder about, like, like, again, like, there's so many times when I feel like women just get it so much worse than men yes like i feel like she's a terrible example because or whatever but like amy winehouse yes like she was so messed up a lot of the time and like instead of people being like oh let's get amy help it was like how many times can we get her face on every magazine you know what I mean exactly like they don't care nobody cares about I mean and I think too like it part of it's like a product of its time like people cared way less about mental health back in the time period too but then like look at Demi Lovato like remember when she overdosed like that was very recently and it was front page news you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. I don't in know. Case, it's... In case we need more reason to hate my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. One time we got in a huge fight. It was when Demi Lovato overdosed in like 2018, 2019. And we were working together. We were at work. And he like made a joke about it. And I was like, that is literally not funny. You are not funny. And, like, I got, like, so mad, like, at work, like, in front of everyone, I was like, that is not funny. That's and a terrible not. thing to say. I think you need to go to the bathroom and stare at yourself in the mirror for, like, five minutes and think about it. Period. <laughs> like, you're not funny. Like, men making jokes on, on women's struggles, not funny. Not funny. Not funny. The thing, too, is what made, uh, knowing your fucking boyfriend that you're talking about, like, I don't know him, but knowing about him. I think genuinely men and even self-hating women, like women with, um, what's it called? Internalized misogyny. Mm-hmm. 
like to see women suffering. And the easiest way to do that is by watching celebrities do it. And so that's why people like Britney, people like Amy Winehouse, people like Demi Lovato, um, and like you could, the list could go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Like it, that's why it's so popular when like bad things happen to them in their personal lives. Mm-hmm. It's people like people are sick. Like they like to watch that sort of thing. And I specifically say men and and women with internalized misogyny because like, yeah, there's something really like kind of I don't like. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, first of all, it's voyeuristic, but like it's kind of like has like a violence behind it I think without a doubt it does and I just think like can you think of one male celebrity who you've seen have a big breakdown in the limelight like that I can think of one no the only one I can think of is Charlie Sheen in which case He's a rapist, so he deserved it. Right. And the other thing I was thinking about is, like, um, I remember when Christian Bale, like, yelled at all those people on set or something. And that sort of stuck with him as, like, but it became, like, a joke. Like, people were like, oh, Christian Bale, like, he's so crazy. Like, he's got anger management. <laughs> like, it's the same as, like, there's a thing going on on TikTok right now that Rachel Ziegler said she didn't like a movie she was in. And she was like, a job is a job. Like, I needed money, so I did it. Jacob Ellerty then did the exact same thing. When Rachel Ziegler did it, people were like, you bitch, like you ungrateful whore. Like people were saying the craziest shit. And when Jacob Ellerty did it, they were like, King, like you're so real for that. You're so like, you're so down to earth. Like, hello, like everything is different when a woman does it. Mm-hmm. And when a man does it. And when it's celebrities, it's just the fact that we get to like see it in action. Mm-hmm. Like the the whole public, general public gets to see it. It's I also so wonder a lot about like, I mean, this is in the same vein, but also like kind of off topic. It's like boy bands versus girl bands. Like yeah. One Direction and Little Mix were in their own prime at about the same time. And, like, think about, think about how different that was. Like, Little Mix had to, like, have a dance routine. They have to have their costumes. Like, they, they know what they're doing on stage. Whereas, like, One Direction comes on. Sure, their outfits are maybe kind of coordinated. Like, maybe the same color or something like that. No mm-hmm. dance. Let's just run around on stage. Which, like, I love One Direction. I'm, right. I am not hating on them. I'm just saying, it's the principle of, like, girls have to do a whole elaborate thing whereas men can just like skirt by almost and which which I kind of respect what Harry Styles does now a lot because I feel like I feel like he does put a lot of effort into what he does now like even though he's so big and he's Harry Styles and he really doesn't have to I would go to his show either way he does do it and I'm like okay respect king respect to the king truly I think the same kind of situation goes because like um, Brittany talks about it in the book too, like controlling of the way that she looked. Um, so obviously the shaved head and then like when she like dyed her hair black, people didn't like that. 
but then also her body and if she looked like more womanly or if she had gained weight like people didn't like that and then her under the conservatorship they would like control what she ate um and that's just another thing like obviously that happens to people who are not in the public sphere but for celebrities it's like you're on blast like we already talked about like you're on the cover of magazines and you 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 like it's not as much of a thing anymore but do you remember that when it would like show like a female celebrity and it would be like look at how much weight she gained mm-hmm. and just the most flattering picture of her ever again there are some examples of that for men but nowhere near as much mm-hmm. like if a male if a male singer like suddenly gained like a little bit of weight people probably wouldn't even notice but like if Britney Spears did everybody had to be talking about it Mm -hmm. and that's just so crazy to me too people only really talk about men's weight when they lose a bunch of weight yeah exactly like Chris Pratt you know Mm -hmm. I Um, I think the only man who I've ever seen them really talk about his weight gain is was Matthew Perry and I think they only did that because he had a drug problem and they need like they needed something else to talk about you know what I mean he's an example and then also Brendan Fraser who was sexually assaulted when he was when he left Hollywood and then the second he tries to come back and he looks different nobody wants to talk about the fact that he like bravely came back to Hollywood after being assaulted they just want to talk about the fact that he's fat Mm -hmm. but I think that goes into a lot of the fact that when he was in his prime, he was super sexualized. He was way over sexualized, and so was Matthew Perry, honestly. Mm-hmm. In the, while he was having a serious drug problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just weird. It's weird, and the men also don't get the infantilization thing. Like people wanted Britney to look like a teenager forever mm-hmm. and that's disgusting I was thinking about that I feel like there's something where it's like when you're a young female celebrity you're super over sexualized but it's like so you kind of like learn to be a certain way learn to do a certain certain things and then as soon as you turn 18 and you're still doing those same things suddenly people are like whoa 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 you, you're you're being too sexual and it's like I've been doing this since I was 13 right like come on oh it's just gross a lot of it really is just disgusting like I just do yeah. you feel like it's it's a little bit different for like actresses than it is for singers I think it is a little different for actresses than it is for singers. Actresses, you hear about the horrors that they faced with like producers and stuff. That is the the things that you aren't made clear to the public and you find out later. But I think this like image of the pop star is solely like it's really secluded to young girls in music. Right, and I think there's something, like, who's probably the hottest female celebrity right now? Everyone loves Margot Robbie. Yeah. 
And I think that there's something where it's like acting is like an esteemed art. Like you are doing a job. You're so professional. So like, and also you're assuming a role. Like you are being someone else. When you're a pop star, when you're a musician, you are you, which like like you're performing. I feel like a lot of people don't, like obviously Lady Gaga is not every single persona she's ever been. Right, right. It's weird. But, it's yeah. You know what I mean? But people like just like even that time Lady Gaga dressed as that man. Yeah. Which was so slay, by the way. Yeah. I feel like people like are still like, haha, that's Lady Gaga. And I'm like, okay, but she she's performing. Like these people are performing just because they're on the stage and they're like like clearly Britney Spears isn't she, she not, was on the Mickey Mouse show. Like, she's that wasn't her in her life. Right. She's just not Britney. Like, she is Britney Spears, but she's not Britney Spears. Like, I know that sounds insane, but it's true. Like, she doesn't even sound like that when she talks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and she said that too. She was like, I become a different person when I go on stage. And that's why she actually didn't act because she was like I liked acting because she was in that she was in like two movies I think but she becomes so like her characters that then she struggles with like getting out of the character mm-hmm. and so she's like it just took like a mental toll on me to be doing acting because I would be having to like become these different people and I would like get way too into it but like think about it that was a character that she had on stage and I'm sure there was moments where she lost touch with whoever that person is and who she really is. Right. And that's why she isn't really performing anymore. I will say the other thing you said that reminded me of it is like the difference between what's considered like highbrow and lowbrow. Women who are seen as lowbrow are treated like shit. Mm-hmm. Like I'll bring up Pamela Anderson again, but like Pamela Anderson, Brittany, Anna Nicole Smith, may she rest in peace. Like if you are doing something that people don't for some reason think as like particularly artful or like that you require a lot of talent to do it, they'll just shit on you even more. Whereas like someone like Margot Robbie who love her, she's an Oscar nominated actress, you know? Right. People have a level of respect for her that they just do not have for some other female celebrities. I also wonder with Margot Robbie, how much of that is because of the movie she's chosen to be in? Like, love, love her. She's in a lot of, like, male-coded movies. And she like is. Like, Wolf of Wall Street. Right. And that's a good point. I don't know what reminded me of this, too, but, like, people were shit-talking Jennifer Lawrence because they were saying her face looks different. She must have got work done. She literally just aged. I was looking yeah. at her. She just got older. She used to have a very doll-like face. Very round, like, kind of like an ingenue face. Mm-hmm. And people are like, she got plastic surgery. I'm like, she literally, I don't think she did. Like, and if she did, I don't care. Good for her. But I literally think people just, like, it's a similar thing. Like, because she got so so famous when she was younger, now that she's, tra- like, acting again, now that she's had her kids and is, like, older... People are like, well, why don't you look exactly how you looked when you were in hustle? Like, um, right. 
but American Hustle. Why don't you look like that anymore, Jennifer Lawrence? And like, you know, it's that's just like a crazy, I think it kind of plays into the same issue as well. Mm -hmm. I also wonder like, what makes an image like Britney Spears versus an image like Taylor Swift, Times Person of the Year. That's not no, fair. That's not fair. And you're that's you're right and you should say it. And one other thing that which we haven't even talked about. All these people we're talking about white um, there could be a whole different conversation about how black women are treated in the mm-hmm. music and in Hollywood. Like, like I, the, when you said Taylor Swift, that's what reminded me of it because I'm like, she's just the epitome of white idealism. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know who's a good example. Like maybe like Whitney Houston is a good example of like mm-hmm. a woman just treated like shit. And there was definitely some intersectionality behind that. It wasn't just yeah. that she was a young girl in um, the music industry. Part of it was that she was Black. I feel like even like, okay, one of the most celebrated artists of our time is Beyonce. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you think about Beyonce, I'm like, I feel like everyone is so, how do I say this? I feel like everyone celebrates Beyonce but they also celebrate Beyonce and Jay-Z and I'm like cool 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 but let's not forget like why do we just ignore how kind of shitty Jay-Z is you know what I mean especially ignore that I saw a TikTok the other day that was like imagine if she had left Jay-Z and so this person was saying and they were black I think and they were saying like imagine the bangers we would have gotten because lemonade was so good and i'm like okay but imagine if she had left jay-z mm-hmm. people not care about her anymore would people like demonize her because she left jay-z because he cheated on her mm-hmm. like that's interesting to think about which to me i'm like that would be a slay beyonce too also like grew up in a very similar environment to britney like they're both from louisiana i think like that kind of old southern um but yeah I wonder if that even that idea of like southern politeness plays into why um both Beyonce and Britney put up with so much bullshit for so long Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like that southern like family is everything mentality you know because like you kind of want to ask like why was Britney even still, like, her parents sucked but even before the conservatorship, you know? So. Well, even it's like, how come it's like, how come Britney can go what she went through with Justin Timberlake or literally any guy who she's dated and she's framed as, like, the bad one and the one who cheated and the one who blah, 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 blah. Exactly. But then, like, Taylor Swift can write x amount of songs about men and blah 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 and it's like go girl you are so right you know who else 
I've been saying I don't like her forever, and now everyone is on the I hate her train. Ariana Grande sucks. Yeah. She's cheated on literally every guy she's ever been with. Literally go back since Jay Brooks, okay? From the Janoskians. Yeah. Okay. Literally cheated on every single guy she's ever been with. And everyone's always like, oh my God, like her and Mac Miller were ending. Really? Because I'm pretty sure she cheated on him with Pete Davidson. So. And she profited off his death. Right. And it's okay for her to do that and to, to do whatever she's doing. But then when it comes to someone like Britney, it's like, oh, terrible. Right. That's so true, dude. I never even realized that. And I think, again, it goes into like who's considered like do who 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 do you respect more? Who's doing what you would deem higher art? I mean, I don't think Ariana's doing higher art than uh, Britney, but apparently some people do. It's also it's interesting how Ariana started in acting. Yeah. Even if it really was kid acting, like like silly Nickelodeon show acting. Yeah. And, and then we can even go back to Jeanette McCurdy and talk about how her feelings on Ariana. She, exactly. When she exposed Ariana, I said, slay, slay. Um, yeah, that shit's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never liked Ariana Grande. I've never liked her. Good. And then I love that everybody's like, wait, Victoria Justice was probably right. Yeah. Because Victoria did not like Ariana and she would low-key say it. And people were like, Victoria Justice, you bitch. Like, Ariana forever. And now that everybody's finally realizing Ariana sucks, people are like, I'm sorry, Victoria Justice. I'm like, period. Like. Yeah, I just, yeah. And I, I, I. I don't understand why we can ignore like some things that some celebrities do, but then other things that celebrities do, it's like totally cool. It's, it's all about, yeah. Who's, who's respected and who's not. And like Ariana Grande had the image of, of being an over-sexualized child for a while, but people were cool with it. Like, yeah. like when she was adult, I think she would dress childish. Yeah. Like that's we like it's not okay for people to sexualize children, but it's no. also not okay for you to buy into that image. You know what I mean? Like, let's it, it, not even play that it, game. It's not okay for adults to sexualize children, and then it's not okay for an adult woman to revert in order to sexualize herself. Yep. It's not okay. Baby also, doll. blackface is not okay. No. Uh, Ariana is black fishing and she's also Asian fishing uh, and also Latina fishing. She said, I'm from every continent in the world. Um, and the short girl sleeves over my hands thing is another way that like, that's why like, like th- then there's pedophiles who are going to like, they're eating that up. Mm-hmm. And they can feel okay about it because you're technically of age, mm-hmm. but no, no. Pass next. Pass. This turned into an Ariana Grande roast, but some also needed to do it. I am a Taylor Swift hater. Okay, I will never like her, and that's the tea. Never... Look, her old stuff. Sure, of course, I'm gonna jam to the car to our song if it ever comes on. Yeah. Or... Which are you belong with me? 
Of course. Yeah. Just about anything else she has. Teardrops on my guitar. Amazing. Romeo and Juliet song. I have respect for Taylor Swift. I don't. I just think I do agree with you that she gets treated differently and it's than other female celebrities and it's offensive to me. It is offensive and I think that she uses feminism in a negative way against other women. Yeah. Which is wrong. Which is wrong. And I think she's so powerful. Here's the thing. I do think that celebrities have a responsibility with their celebrity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that she uses her celebrity in a negative way a lot of times. I think she hangs out with a lot of people who she shouldn't. And I also think that, again, you're a celebrity, you're responsible. Are we all polluting the environment? Yes, but I also think that you as a celebrity need to figure out ways to not do that. Private for you to be, literally, for you to be Times Person of the Year in a year when our world is crumbling and you are, like, massively contributing to that. Can you, like, offset that somehow? You make you make some really fucking good points, Riz. You know what I mean? Call Greta. Call Greta, Greta and see like, I'm going to donate X amount of money from my era's tour to you so that you can use it towards... The environment. Exactly. Like, like there, she could have offset what she's doing in some way. You're so right. You're right, and you should say it. Taylor Swift fans, if you're going to come for me, don't bother. <laughs> Because she knows. Because nothing you say is going to change my opinion. I'm so glad that you feel good defending Taylor Swift. Like, I hope that makes you feel great. I did the same thing when I was 12 with One Direction. And and here we fucking are. Right. I get it. It's fine. It's cool. You can come for me. It's not going to change how I feel. Are there... I'm curious. Are there any celebrities that, like, you wish would write a memoir? I wish Anna Nicole Smith got to write her story. Yeah. Or Amy Winehouse, honestly. Amy Winehouse did write her story. She did? Well, okay. So my mom, fun fact, it has read like every single Amy Winehouse book there is. Both of her parents came out with books. And then just this year, they released, which I feel iffy about this, but they released Amy Winehouse in her own words, which <gasps> is like her diaries and her journals. Because I knew her dad had, like, written a biography about her or something, and it was, like, really shitty, I think. I think my mom liked the dads more than the moms. Maybe it was... I know I, I, I don't think I knew the mom wrote one, so I might have got them confused. But... Okay, yeah, and that's a whole other thing. Like, if they were to produce Anna Nicole's diary, I'd be like, I don't agree with that. Like, I think you kind of have to... I feel like it is kind of removing consent from the situation. But I feel mixed about it too, because like, in a way you get to like, in in a way Amy gets to like defend herself even after her death. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, it's not like they asked her, you know? How I feel about it is, 
I always have 80 billion things going on in my life. But if someone would like publish my diary, they're not going to find anything interesting in there. That's true. That's really true. Um, now, if someone sat down and was like, I'm going to interview Liza and Annie, they would probably get the tea. They would definitely get the tea. But I would not tell them the tea. Honestly, I would I would be okay with it. Okay. You give your consent. Make that money. You give your consent now for me to tell yeah. a journalist the tea if there's ever an opportunity when you're not able to do so yourself. Absolutely. Get that bag, Liza. Okay. Thank you. Um, but, and yeah, that's basically all, all my thoughts on, on Brittany. Mm-hmm. And now you, do you, do you feel like you kind of read the book? Or you want to, well, still- I, I kind of felt like I had read it before because of, um, TikTok, everyone talking about it on TikTok. Yeah. I'm going to have my mom read it. Yeah. Because she loves that. She loves a celebrity memoir. Also, mom, please don't listen. I don't think she is. But mom, if you're listening, stop now. I'm talking about your Christmas present. So I got her the Britney book. I got her the new Amy Winehouse book. I got her um, the Madonna book, and which isn't written by Madonna. And the Tupac book, which isn't written by Tupac. And then I got her um, the Paris Hilton book, and it's signed. It's signed by Paris. It's signed. Isn't that so cool? She is going to flip. She's going to love that. She's going to love it. I love Paris. I love Paris. I I think it would be cool if some more of the Playboy bunnies would write memoirs. That would be cool. I'd read that. Death to Hugh Hefner. I really want... Like, screw men. They have few. They don't have the struggles that women have. You know what I mean? They don't really make for very sensationalized memoirs. But I want more men to write, more male celebrities to write memoirs so that I can understand, like, I don't know. I would like to kind of see a difference. Yeah, because, like, Matthew Perry did write one. Yeah, but I don't want to read his because I feel like he's... A little, I don't agree with everything he said. In it. No, I, mean, I, I, I'm sorry he's dead, but like I don't really care for him. Brendan Fraser, on the other hand, I'd read that. I would read that. Or like, like, um, I don't know where I was going with that. I lost it. It's gone. Or maybe know. even like I would love for a female comedian. Oh, well, Leslie Jones just wrote wrote one. Maybe we should read hers. That'd be fun. I, I wonder, like, about female comedian experience, especially someone who's been on SNL, which is so it's, male-coded, unfortunately. I swear to God, comedy is even more of a man's world than acting or music. Mm-hmm. God bless mm-hmm. those girls, because... Absolutely. Holy fucking shit. Um... And it's pretty racist, too, I think. Yeah. So hers would probably be... Oh, yeah. Double whammy for lessons. Which I love her. She's so funny. I think think she's hilarious. And she's on The Daily Show now, I think. Is she? Yeah. 
Um, if Bo Burnham wrote one. Oh my God. Listen, he kind of. It would literally just be like, I am so sad. Inside is his memoir. Um, I was obsessed with that funny feeling a couple weeks ago. And yeah, I you was were. Like, Nick, please, we have to listen to this together. So then, even though Nick has seen Inside and everything, so then we yeah. listened to Phoebe Bridger's version. And now Nick has been, like, he listened to the entire, like, Inside soundtrack. And he's been love... listening to it. And I'm it's like, so good. It's so good. So, yeah, celebrity memoirs. That's just crazy. Yeah. What are we doing next week? Christmas. It's Christmas. I, yeah, I think this is going to be fun. We still don't know exactly what we're reading. I'm pretty sure I'm reading The Haunting Season, which is an anthology. I think I'm going to read Nosferatu, which I started reading it last year around the same time in Dan Fanchin. So we'll see. And it'll be fun. It'll be our last episode until New Year's because Mm -hmm. we're taking a little break for the holidays. And then it'll be already time for LSMR Wrapped, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Which is going to be so sad this year. I feel like I didn't read a lot. No, I definitely didn't read it. I feel like I've read about half the amount I read last year. I think I read 60-something books last year. I think I've read 30-something this year. We've got a new girl at work. Um, She's a new holiday hire. I actually really like her. She's not going to listen to this, but shout out Raven, just in case you are listening to this. She's read like 80 or 90 books this year. I have to say, there's a certain amount of books that someone reads where I go, what do you mean you read that many books? And she's got a full-time job, like, apart from working with me. Because, like, I'm pissed at myself because I read less than 52. 52 would be, like, I'd be like, that's really good. That means you read mm-hmm. a book a week. Mm-hmm. People who are reading books in the hundreds, I'm like, what? Like, are you okay? And what do you do for a living? right and how much of the book do you actually retain retain because i certainly couldn't retain over 100 titles in one year no i can barely do it with 30 i'm looking back at my list from this year i said i don't fucking remember when i read that i only read i guess i read that you know what i mean literally so that'll be interesting i do feel like even though we read less books this year we did have some bangers Oh, I definitely had some bangers. And so, I feel like I, I really read a lot. Not a lot, but I read like a good amount of like indie horror, which felt really good. And that's great. So that'll still be fun. That'll be a fun recap. And we can talk about our reading goals for next year. Yeah, I'm excited. 2024. Okay. Who can believe it? Not me. We're both turning 25. That's disgusting. And- Isn't that... I hate that. So (laughs) that being said, (laughs) signing the hell off. Peace out. Bye. (laughs)